I'm just gonna get straight to the point. For Valentine's Day, I don't want any of the romance. I just wanna take a eggplant and put it in my pink taco. So that's what I'm gonna do today. Let's go on this journey together. Heyo, that's my friend Jen. And I'm blushing right now as I say this because I can't be as cheeky and cute and clever and dirty as she is. Actually, Connor and I have a joke, a little inside joke that I wish I could pull off the things that Jen can. And, you know, I just, I just can't. But that's okay, because the world has Jen Panomrat. And this episode is all about her. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Keep It Quirky podcast. I'm your host, Katie Quinn, and this is the podcast where I talk with creative entrepreneurs, mostly in the food and travel space, because I believe that passion begets passion. Are you with me? Let's do this. You guys are in for a fun episode. Jen Panomrat is one half of the Just Eat Life duo. They bring you videos about food that will make you laugh, cry, and do a little happy dance. The videos feature dishes from all around the world and sometimes even travels to do so. I'm gonna share a recipe inspired by one of the best things we ate in all of Bangkok. Actually, it's one of the best things I've eaten anywhere and it's called Bamin Gong. It is a tasty prawn egg noodle dish with all the fixings. And she and her partner Leo have a good time with it. Hey guys, it's Jen and Leo. Welcome to Just Eat Life. In celebration of 420, we are bringing to you a brand new series where we get baked as we bake. Jen grew up in Queens, New York to a Thai father and Filipino mother, and Leo is Peruvian American. Jen is a friend of mine for years now. We met through the whole YouTube food world, what feels like back in the day. I really love her, and she is one of my absolute favorite YouTubers. In this conversation, we talk about self-worth and doubts, how she was a painfully shy child and then has blossomed into this charismatic personality. There is some cussing in this, heads up. I trust that we're all adults here, so that shouldn't be a problem, but just letting you know. Also on that note, you will hear me cuss too, which I rarely do hear. Um, and it's in the first little part of our chat because I didn't necessarily anticipate publishing that part. We were just talking as friends, but Jen's cool with publishing it and so am I. And so I'm including it because it's a conversation we had about the way things are changing in the industry. And when I listened back to it, I realized how much of the conversation felt like inside baseball. So the context of how we begin this chat is that the, around the big news in the food media world, that the editor-in-chief Adam Rappaport at the glossy food magazine Bon Appetit resigned amid outrage at the way people of color have been treated at the company. So Jen and I start there and then she shares her experiences of pitching stories about diverse foods and dishes and the pushback that she has received to that. So that's where the conversation starts, but then you'll wanna stick around because we get into all kinds of stuff. Her fascinating and really inspirational story, how she balances life and work, creativity, and everything in between. So now, here's my chat with Jen Panomrat. Oh, yay! Do we, do we feel like... We're all set up with technology. I'm recording. Yeah. You're recording. I feel good. Okay, great. I'll just have another sippy sip. Allergies, man. Oh, dude. Yeah. Do, they, they say hay fever over here. I noticed that, and I like that. Yeah. <laughs> hay fever. <laughs> I like it, too. Well, 
yeah, I guess I was like, oh, talk to Jen about this before we start recording, but now we're recording. But so whatever, we don't have to talk about it. Or I will, or I will just cut it out. Um, All the, just all the stuff with Bon Appetit. I just wanted to have like a, a moment with you. Um, Yeah. But we don't have to do it considering that it is recording. I'm I'm totally fine to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, like shit's happening. Like real shit is happening in the world, which is, which is kind of exciting to see, right? That it's not just like hashtag BLM and then like nothing changes. It's like, it's not just a trend. It's not just a trend. There's some tangible things going on and and things have been validating to a lot of people's experiences, mm-hmm. which has been empowering. Um, and I think that's that's the most important part here. Yeah, absolutely. I also, and I worry that the most important work is not being discussed as much though which is for all of the people like consider your role (laughs) you person holding the sign your role in how this whole system works too um because they are at the end of the day a business responding to the views that they get so even you as a viewer what are you you know it's just like what are you what are you doing to support this movement as well I am so glad you said that because in, in the sea of a lot of performative activism mm. this week uh, and, and for a while sometimes, I, I, I think, I think it's important to, there's a lot of finger pointing yeah, and the, the response I always hear, at least for the past four years, whenever I just my own perspective, when I've pitched stories and what I hear back is, yeah, but people don't really understand that. And people won't want to consume this. And it's not going to help us pay the bills at the end of the day, um, which is language that says, OK, this is what's more accessible. We want something more accessible, more comfortable for us. But again, like to your point, you can only go so far as to just blame the higher ups and heads of programming and all that without doing the collective shift. And I'm, I'm guilty of this, too. I feel like I've allowed to, to gather that perspective and go, oh, no, absolutely. And because of the fact that I want to include people into my, my parents' cultures, into that world to explore different cuisines, and we all do, right? We all, especially, I know you featured it so much over your work and featured other people continuously. So thank you for always doing that. Um, and it's it's important to to share those voices. But if you're just going to keep yelling mm-hmm. and saying, yeah, you got to do better, you got to resign, you got to step down. But you're not consuming that either. You're just as equally complicit. Yeah. You just yelling about it is not not helpful for anybody. Yeah. Just so that you don't get called out for not saying anything is another thing. Right. Right. Mm hmm. It's going to be really interesting to see how it ev- how it all evolves, but I hope that it does end up coming back to real lasting change, like you were saying, like th- on a collective level. Yeah, which is probably the, no other way. the hardest shift, though, right? And it's it's funny whenever, and we can talk about this later, but whenever people uh, say, "Oh, but it, you know, the Midwest, they're not going to get it," but what is the Midwest anymore? Yeah. And I mean, also, like, I'm from Ohio and like, come, come on, you're not giving us Ohioans enough credit, people. (laughs) Like, (laughs) great. I was speaking to Sarah Lohman. Yeah. 
And, and she was talking about, she's like, well, there's so many different types of people that live in Ohio. Look at the rising Filipino community in Ohio, right? So it's, it, you, can't, you can't keep saying that year after year because that's what's been the standard for, for media. Yeah. Uh, and, and consumerism and capitalism. <laughs> I mean, I wanted the conversation to eventually get here. <laughs> it's like, it's like now we're, we're in it. We're in it. Well, but so I guess, so I do, I do want to come back to it. Um, and, and we will, but I guess I want to, um, well, I want, I want to hop off what you said about like having your mom and dad on, you know, you've had them on your YouTube channel multiple times. It's so wonderful. And it, I think to me, it is indicative of how you share your life and so much of yourself to your audience, right? Like they know your parents, they know your partner, they know your dog, they know your (laughs) plants. You've amassed this this amazing body of work and this incredible audience. Over 100,000 subscribers on YouTube now, just about 100,000 followers on Instagram and like it's only going to keep shooting up, up, up. And what my goal is for this conversation with you is to, to show your hardcore fans a part of you that they wouldn't get to see. Even though, as I just said, you are very out there with your life. So that's my goal. And I think you've really set me up for a tough... <laughs> A tough interview job here, Jen. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm happy. Happy to go for it. How do you decide what to share and, and what not to share? In terms of coming up with our own programming, Leo and I are, are very equally invested into what uh, we want to feature, what stories we want to tell, and how we want to share it. Oftentimes, we argue about it because <laughs> it's a constant thing of, will people care about what we're sharing versus what do we really want to share and how, what's the best way we could do that? So fortunately, we're, we're starting to align a lot more than not oh, wow. <laughs> over the past couple of years. And I think that's because now we're finding the courage and putting down our expectations of ourselves. So not, not to, that sounds bad, but it, it's like, I'm particularly very critical of our work. And so if I think, no, it's not going to appeal to people, it's got to be shot excellently. The cinematography's got to be great. We got to work on that. I got to work on my ability to tell a great story um, and to make sure that it, it's relatable with people, it resonates, it's uh, relevant to whatever's happening now. But then that prevents me from putting out as much of the content that I really want to. So what really comes out at the end of the day is what we're both aligned on mm. and something I think people will find joy in, um, something they can learn from. And it all goes back to our Jesse Life core mission of making everything that we do enjoyable, inspiring, and approachable. So as long as it hits that criteria, criteria, then I got to say, okay, just Jen, shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) and let it happen. As long as it hits those points, you have to be happy with it. You have to find happiness in that. That's beautiful. Well, I love that you've like given yourself a framework and like, you know, and kind of like boxes to check because it is really hard to be objective about the content that we create, right? This is because it is personal, right? The professional is personal in what we do the the lines are a little bit blurred (laughs) yeah as much as we would love to get more viewership um i can't make content for the sake of numbers 
And so whenever people, influencers or agencies, whoever reaches out, it's like, hey, what's your numbers? And what, what are your impressions and reach and engagement? And I go, I panic. I, I, every time I read an email or a message, it's like, hey, can you help me with this? Or, hey, we want to know this. I panic inside because as I, I, I don't think I'm a good uh, uh, social media person because I don't know how to figure all these numbers out. <laughs> I don't know how to figure out the ratios and what's the proper percentage and where what percentage I'm supposed to be hitting because uh, it all sends me into a panic. And I know I should get better at it, but at the same time, I really don't give a shit. <laughs> and I, I give a little shit enough to be like, well, what's the point in anything if you're not going to pay the bills? <laughs> Right. Yeah. But at the same time, I don't care. And so if I'm because I feel like I will be um, controlled by the numbers that mm-hmm. I, I feel like I totally went off on a tangent there. No, I'm loving this tangent. I'm loving this tangent. And I kind of want to like build in also the the dynamic of the fact that you work so close, like your teammate is also your life partner. Right. Mm-hmm. Leo is amazing freaking love that man what's that balance like right so if you're saying i don't love the numbers of like social media or whatever is that where he might step in and say okay you, you, or, you know that's just an example like how but how does that balance work um in terms of strengths and weaknesses actually it's exactly that if there's a video that we both are really invested in even if it's just in the ideation phase um I will quickly say, um, I don't know. I don't know if it's worth our time right now because I've got to work on this and that. And, you know, people are going to watch it, but I don't know if they're going to really come and watch it. I don't know if the clicks will (laughs) present itself. And then that's when he is very good at catching me on that and saying, so what? So what? Let's just do it. And I'm like, yeah. And then I'll roll the ball with him and we'll we'll keep going that direction without giving a fuck. (laughs) But... (laughs) Um, then there's sometimes where uh, he'll be worried about me not presenting something in in the best light or he's like you know he might be critical of of, uh, a certain subject and say I don't know it gets touchy anytime and and that usually comes to any content again we share a lot of our, our own lives anytime there's something to do with our relationship even if it's just a quick mention like oh his schedule and mine schedule People will flood us with, did you get married yet? Hmm. Did you do this? Did you do all that stuff? And we don't really feel the need to share that mm-hmm. uh, right now, at least. So that's another thing that another factor that that <laughs> plays into our our, our um, videos of like, OK, if we're going to show more of our personal life as we're trying to do now, how, how far do we go there? And so it's that check and balance of, okay, we could share this, but let's not really feed into sharing so much of this. It's not, is that as important as the real message we want to share? Mm, yeah. So you're, so it goes back and forth. Yeah. You're still looking at it with, um, like as producers basically, right? Like yeah. you're, you're, you're creators and, and you do have a filter, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. As listeners have heard by now, you you like don't stop yourself from cussing, right? Throwing out, like dropping the f bomb or whatever. And you are like such a positive, even like bubbly, bright personality. 
and then you like <laughs> drop the f bomb in this like sweetest voice with like the biggest smile on your face, and it's it's not offensive because like you say it like it's <laughs> and it's like the way you say it. And you know, I would definitely say that in terms of branding, like right, we were just talking about. As creators, we have to have the producer hat ons. We have to be aware of the brand we're putting out to the world, which is very much ourselves. Yeah, I think with both of us, like I know you, you're a dear friend and you are who you are on camera. Like it's what's so, ditto, ditto. Yeah, it's, it's so beautiful about you. And like, but I do think that like with my brand, I do, um, I don't let myself cuss. Whereas like in real life, I do. And and there have been times where I've like wanted to do it almost to like make a point or something. Anyway, I, I don't know what my question is, <laughs> but basically <laughs> I guess it goes back to why, like why, why have you decided to, to do that? How do you decide those, those blurry lines? Uh, again, it goes back to you and I share this where it's really important for us to be ourselves through our brands and for that to reflect back and forth. Um, so I, I do curse as much as I do online, as, if, if not more, IRL, right? Yeah. So you're, <laughs> in, in this, you're in this past, like, what, 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. We, we keep an Italian. Yeah. Uh, I, at first, I, I used to be ashamed of this, actually. Huh. So when we started doing videos um, and I would drop the F-bomb, you know, I'd get comments saying, did you know <laughs> that it's really offensive when you curse? Hmm. It's not ladylike. It's not uh, professional. Uh, you don't have to. It's unnecessary. Hmm. And I would go, no, no, they don't know what they're talking about. Then one day I got this one comment. I, I can't remember who said it, but they said something like, did you know cursing the amount that you do is a sign of unintelligence? Oh. And that the more you curse, and I'm sure you, you maybe you've read this somewhere before, of like people who constantly curse, uh, the reason they do that is because they, they have a lack of vocabulary. Uh -huh. So when I read that, I felt so terrible and I believed it. And I thought to myself, oh, it, it was triggering for me because just background, I mean, I know I've shared this with you before. Uh, so I'm a high school dropout and I had to go through a lot of curvy lines to get to where I am now. But long story short, throughout those years, I've always felt really stupid. Mm. I always felt like my opinions were invalid because I didn't articulate them the way that my peers would or the way that it's read in the media or anything like that. I would always think the way I presented my opinions, my recipes, my stories wasn't as good as everyone else because I lacked that vocabulary. And so I tried to start filtering <laughs> the amount of times I would curse or make any lewd, you know, uh, crass uh, statements. <laughs> I would hold back because I, I would believe that, that one comment. And then I saw it again and again. And the more I saw it, the more I believed it. Hmm. But then in the recent years, I just kind of decided, no, it's not that I'm stupid. It's not that I'm not, okay, yeah, I'm not as educated as some people, but uh, I'm very street smart. I'm the girl from Queens, mm. and I'm very proud of that. Yeah. I'm very proud of my upbringing, of the friends and culture that I've been embraced with over my life that have made me the way I am. Not to say that Queens doesn't have vocabulary, but <laughs> for my speaking just for myself, this is, this is who I am. 
And yes, I'm working on that and I'll continue doing that. Uh, just this week alone, learning all these new terms and adding that to my own vocabulary really helped me uh, figure out, hey, you're not alone in this. Hmm. Oh, there are terms for, for these actions that you thought were just in your own head hmm. and just in your friends' heads. And now I feel so much better about who I am and not trying to, to hide that. And so, yes, people will see me as really crass <laughs> with, with, with sweet crass. Yeah, right? Because yeah. I, I have the voice of a child <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I am very bubbly. Um, and so I'm proud of that. I'm proud of that, that contrast in my personality and that. But it's still holistically me. Did you have to do a lot of like, like self work and self introspection to get to that point where you can say like, I am proud of exactly who I am? Girl, daily battle, mm. as I'm sure we all deal with, yeah. with our self worth. Absolutely. And doubts. Uh, but I, every single day, especially through through this time of, of COVID, of having that time to reflect, as I hope uh, if people have had the opportunity to, I hope they were able to do that for themselves as well. Uh, but now I'm really taking ownership of what I've allowed to happen to me, of what uh, I've allowed to express publicly. All of these things combined have helped me shift into a direction that now, you know, feet on the ground, I can go running. Mm. Leo and I feel really happy about what we've been planning behind the scenes and it's a lot of behind the scenes work that's very slow right now, but eventually in a year's time is going to be worth it. And it's really going to just vibrate everything we're about. Oh, I'm so excited. <laughs> I could just go off the rails with questions on that. But before I do, I do want to rewind a, a bit more and lift the curtain a bit more on what you just described as a curvy, windy kind of, you know, atypical path <laughs> to what you're doing. Um, and I also don't think there is necessarily a typical path unless it's like going to college for video production, which I guess, you know, could be a thing or like, or even, you know, culinary school or whatever. But the fact that you have come at this and that you're, you are so, you're such a natural, you're so good at it. Every part of it just screams, this is what you should be doing with your life. How did you find that? So so do you mind rewinding and taking us back to how old how old would you have been 16 or so? Yeah. I it was uh, 2005. So 2005 I was supposed to graduate. Um and my high school years were troubling. I am not a lot of not proud about uh a lot of the things I did in terms of just not going to school like my parents wanted me to. Instead, I allowed myself to get thrown into different groups that took me away from education. And I just wanted to start working. I wanted to make money. I wanted to hang out with certain people um, because of just doing it. I felt comfortable. I felt like, yeah, school's not for me. I'm just going to hustle and I'm going to do what I need to do. <laughs> um, but towards the my senior year is when I wanted to change everything around. 
and I got a new group of friends. And then I started to get mentorship in in the art fields and to see what careers I could grow. So originally I wanted to be a photojournalist and I wanted to work for Nat Geo and I wanted to go around the world. And that was, I was like, yep, this is how I'm going to turn my life around. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to fulfill my childhood dream and I'm actually going to do the work. So if I, I had to go to night school, I had to go to summer school, I had to do additional programs, I had to volunteer, I had to do all that stuff. But it still wasn't enough to catch me up to graduate mm. on time. So uh, someone of very high authority in my high school called a meeting with me and my mother and said, hey, we need to talk about Jen. Um, she's not doing so good. So my mom, you know, she's like, OK, let's let's see what her options are. So we go in and he basically says verbatim, Jen. The path you're going down now, I hope you know, is only going to lead up to you working at a fast food joint flipping burgers. Wow. And that's really it. Because I might. And that was in response to me saying, I think I should drop out now and go get my GD. Mm. While, so I can continue working while also getting my GD so I can go to a community college. And that was his response. And my mom was just shocked. She was angry. I, w- I felt defeated and I believed him. Not that not saying that burger flippers aren't worth anything, but just to limit my options in that yeah. way. So I was crying. I felt defeated. And my mom was like, no, 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 no. We're going to figure it out. Thanks, <gasps> but no thanks. Mama! Right? Mom showed up. Yeah. So uh, fortunately, I had a, a teacher and a guidance counselor. Uh, he recently passed away, Mr. Cheverino. He was he pulled me to the side. He said, no, we're going to figure this out. Let's talk to the guidance counselor. Let's make this work. And we did. So we put in the work, realized where I could go. And the best option for me was to take time off, um, keep working, Eventually got my GED, eventually got into just community college where I wanted to dip my toes into writing. And so I joined the writing program and met amazing people there. Eventually that turned into uh, becoming a biology major because I was like, wait, okay, Nat Geo, what is it that I want to do? I want to do in the field work. I want to be a marine biologist and maybe put all of this together. Oh, my God. Um, Then I realized, oh, being a marine biologist is not like that glorious in the field work. It's mostly lab mm-hmm. work. And I'm terrible with numbers and I don't have the patience for it. This goes back to me not caring about algorithms. <laughs> <laughs> Full circle, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then so I said, you know what? Let me just keep going, give this a try. And that's where I met Leo. Oh. So I got into a program at my community college. That was an intercollegiate program with Columbia University. Um, And so that's where I had to go into that program. I was so fortunate and grateful that I was able to get in there, uh, not only because I got to meet Leo, but because it made me realize I need another shift. Mm. This isn't for Mm. me, but I shouldn't give up. It's not that I'm not as smart as my, my peers in this program. They were incredibly intelligent, but it wasn't for me. At the same time of doing that program, I was working in museums um, as an informal museum educator. So I learned a lot about how to communicate 
I had a hard time throughout my whole life projecting, even that, just projecting. I've always been soft-spoken. I've been the very painfully shy child that would hide behind my parents. <laughs> would he dare speak up? And now I can't shut up. So <laughs> I've, I've caught up with myself. Uh, and so... You know, all these experiences are happening, all these different people in my life that are influencing me and saying, hey, you can do whatever you want, you know? And I always, it's still on the side, in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, I'm not as smart as everyone else. I gotta work harder. So there goes the triple late nights where I gotta catch up to just know what they know from day one, Mm. and I gotta learn it quickly Mm. so that I could pass the same exams they're doing, blah, blah, blah. Leo was kind of in the same boat with me. He's also a high school dropout. But he dropped out when he was 14 or 15, I can't remember. And he started working ever since then. He too got his his, uh, GD and ended up, we ended up in the same program together. And through that time in our early dating phase, we talked a lot about food. We talked a lot about how (laughs) uh, when I was younger, I just like to pretend I was speaking to an audience because I love watching Julia Child. You can be very rough. I think a lot of people think you have to be delicate in cooking, but you don't. And the two hot tamales. Hi, I'm Susan Feniger. And I'm Mary Sue Milliken. And today, we're going to show you how to make an absolutely incredible frittata. I love watching uh, the two fat ladies. two fat ladies to get to New York Yeah. Oh, yes. And all these people on screen, because it looks so fun. Emerald, all of them. It made it so fun. And that was how, that was my introduction to the food media world. Yeah, that's just how it should look. Succulent and bubbly. Mmm, perfect. And Leo thought, okay, food's food. Like, whatever, what's the big deal? And then we started to get to know each other a little more. I would cook for him, would share things. And he's like, whoa, this is interesting. Tell me more about it. First year of our relationship, YouTube was around, and there was a few food YouTubers, and I never thought I'd be one of them, but Leo's like, oh, let's try, like, filming you. There's there's this uh, Food Network YouTube competition. You should do it. And I fought for him. I was like, nope, not doing it. I am terrified. It's not going to happen. But we ended up doing it. He'd never picked up a camera before. <gasps> Are you serious? I had never presented. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Never. And so if you go back to our very first video ever... It's terrible. Of course. But I love yeah. it. I now have grown to love yeah. it. Because that was, hey, Jen and Leo taking the courage to say, we could try. We haven't had the training to do this, but it doesn't mean we can't do it. And that, I love that video now because it's a perfect example of our, both of our scrappy mm. um, intentions mm. throughout our life. We always, we've always been able to be scrappy. And to figure it out with what we have and just do it from that first video till now, it's all just been a journey of learning and reworking, making mistakes, doing it again over and over. And such a uh, you said it, you said the word courage like that was courageous to like try a thing you didn't know. Neither of you knew. Um, And then to and then the the scrappiness that you were describing, that takes it takes so much courage to be scrappy because it means you don't know everything. And and it is putting your it is being vulnerable every time you're Mm -hmm. trying something new. I mean, that is like I love that so much because it's like the stars align to have you guys do that because now when i think of (laughs) leo and 
cameras it's like he this man knows everything there is to know about a camera and you know all of the different he's the things gear guy. he's the gear guy i mean i remember one time jen you and i were shooting a thing together and he was like kind of like around and like showed me a setting on my camera that i never <laughs> knew and that changed oh, yeah. that changed how i used the camera for the like the next five years <laughs> you know he's like what so it's crazy that he picked up a camera for that purpose for the first time oh i love that yeah and and that's something i love about him i love that not only has he learned so much but how eager he is to share what he knows yeah. it's so generous and I think we all share that no like we all we all that's what in, we're in this business yeah. for learning and, and sharing, sharing. with everyone else because what's the point right if you don't and, but it's it's so it is so special jen i think and like you know when people have asked me like what has your experience been like being a youtuber and i am just like amazing because of the people that i've met and i always the first two people who come to mind are you and julie julie nolke it's like i i made some really good friends through this whole youtube jam <laughs> and like and it is, and there is, even beyond the two of you, there is, I think, a community of lifting up. I've always kind of prefaced that thought with like, well, this is my experience, but I kind of feel like I may be lucked out. I don't know. What's, what's your experience? I would say for the most part, yes. And I'm happy to say for the yeah, most part, yes. Yeah. Uh, but there have been instances, especially through the last five-ish years, uh, where I've noticed very clicky behavior mm. and uh, dismissive uh, situations around me and certain creators. And I'm not going to name names, but it's there. Yeah. It's, it's happened. I've seen it. Um, and how I've, I've taken that is, so what? I'm going to not attack people for it. I'm just going to continue doing my part, my work, and continue highlighting others as well, because that's my, at my core, what I believe in, what I will always stand for, and what the, the people I include in my life, you included, I think we share the same thing. And so I will continue to support that like-minded collective and in hopes that that will influence other creators to, to think about how they've been... Um, handling their own voices and their own work to reflect that in the future. And I think it, I think it will, Jen, it, uh, honestly, especially because it's like, you are so successful at what you do. And, and I, you know, I don't know if it's good or bad, but it, it certainly is a thing where like, the more successful you are, the more people will look to you as an example. So a lot of people, because of your success, do look to you as an example. So I just think it's, I really think it's um, so commendable. You're Amazing. <laughs> I want. I do want to point listeners to your YouTube channel to check out a video that you did um, right after 2020 hit, which is like a decade montage of, of you know just videos from the past decade. So cool to watch <laughs> the evolution of you and Leo, and also that. So the name of that video was a decade of yes. Right. So like and you could see that happen, like where you just said yes to every opportunity that came. You and I talked about this when we were offered to or asked to come on Chopped, the Food Network show Chopped. And both of us were like, oh, 
I like, do we want to do this? Like, <laughs> you know, individually, separately, we're having. Right. That, and I think we both said no the first time, didn't we? Yes. Yeah. We both did. And then they came back around. After, after it happened, we talked about yeah. it. And we're just like, oh, we both were really unsure. Yeah. I think, I don't know if you did. Maybe you did. I, I even contacted the producer the day before. I was like, oh, I can't. Oh, wow. I don't think I could do it. Uh, not realizing how crazy now <laughs> understanding how crazy that would have been if I stepped out would they have to replace uh, yeah. immediately overnight <laughs> that would have been a fucking disaster for them <laughs> like, well and then you uh, know to for anyone who hasn't seen the episode Jen won we were both really nervous but we both ended up saying yes and I think it goes to the mentality of at that point in our career especially of just saying yes to things saying yes to opportunities and is is that kind of what you meant when you titled that montage a decade of yes oh a hundred percent yeah because i i had in my mind throughout these years i had no choice but to say yes Mm. because if i said no to something then i always i told myself you would regret this in one way or another, you're going to regret this. Mm. And you particularly have to work even harder to try to get those opportunities. So you should feel grateful. You should feel um, blessed to have an opportunity whenever it does present itself. So you should have the choice to say yes. Looking back <laughs> on that video, so I, I, I was at January. Yeah. Now I look at that title and I'm glad you brought that up because I think about this actually a lot, almost every day. Mm. Uh, of a decade of yes, a decade of yes. But that yes also comes with a lot of uh, turmoil mm-hmm. and stress and heartbreak and realizations and, and things that we've come out of. Um, do I regret saying yes to everything? No. But I also feel like I now have the perspective of, hey, you were also saying yes and not pushing hard enough for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're also saying yes and not working harder to prov- to provide your perspective and just saying yes to appease everyone else mm-hmm. at everyone's request, no matter what. And always, almost always instantly. I wouldn't say, hey, let me think about it and come up with a different solution. I would say, yes, 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 yes. Mm. Because that's how the industry works. These are the standards and I should follow yeah. it. Now I'm saying, okay, if I'm going to say yes to things, I really have to believe in it. I re- it really has to resonate with me, and I hope hope it resonates with our following. Um, but also, instead of just saying yes, say, yes, but mm. can we also do this? So now that's my shift there of, yes, we can explain this particular dish in a way that's um, that'll make it easy for people to make that connection with other things in their head um but but i need to still keep this original recipe name even though it's in another language because i've been guilty of in the past and i've learned that you can't just call uh, i'm referring to um one particular video where i called something a filipino banana egg roll and its actual name is turon and I got called out by the Filipino community and saying, what are you doing? You're whitewashing our, our, our recipe, our, our food. 
And I didn't, I, you know, I'm thinking about it. I thought about then going, yeah, but how else are people from the Midwest hmm. supposed to understand Those what this dish Those darn Midwesterners, is? I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> how are people supposed to be interested to watch this video, to click on it? Um, and, and now what I understand is, no. I should, from now on, I can't change the past, but from now on, I promise myself and our viewers to better represent our cultures, type me for Thai and Filipino and Leo Peruvian, and but not just say, oh, I'm gonna say it, and I'm gonna say this recipe name, and it's up to you to figure out what it is, no. I'm going to do my work by by representing our cultures, but and providing descriptions and doing that work to influence other people to want to dive deeper. Hmm. Whether or not a person is interested or not, it's up to them. But I hope what I can hope for is that people are interested in learning more about Turon. Because from the picture, it's brown and fried and looks delicious. <laughs> And I, I, I might be interested. And then if within that first 20 seconds, the ingredients and the background of the dish inspire you to learn more, bravo, I commend you. This goes back to what we were saying um, before. We hope that we can consume a more diverse uh, amount of content. Yeah. And so that's what I'm going to try to do. And also it goes back to, it makes me feel guilty because I'm always faced with uh, the conflict of, of my, my identity, my cultural identity. I was born and raised here in America, and I don't fully speak either Thai or Tagalog, which is uh, my mom's uh, dialect from the Philippines. And so in those individually in those cultures, I don't really fit in. Mm. I still don't feel like I do. But I also don't fit in to this uh, culture that I've grown up here in America because I've always been um, labeled as I, just Asian or or the what are you, right? That famous, what are, so like, what are mm. you? Are you like black and Chinese? Are you like, I don't get it. Mm. And so that's the, that's the constant thing I have. And it's, it's okay. I get it. People are curious. I've now made it my mission this year moving forward to really dive into that and really do the work to explore my backgrounds mm. and learn more than just, particularly in, with the Filipino culture, I realized that I have been embracing and showcasing the stereotypes. Oh, wow. I only talked about, you know, like, oh, Filipinos love spam mm. or Filipinos <laughs> like line dancing. And that's as far as I am able to go. And that to me, for me personally, doesn't sit well with me that I want to learn more, so I should try to learn more. And so that's what I'm doing now. I'm reading, I'm talking to people, and learning so much about my mom's own culture that I'm telling her this stuff, and she's like, I didn't even know. Wow. Yeah, and, and that's a whole nother story <laughs> of, of uh, Filipinos and, and their um, identity, right? Mm -hmm. their, their multi identity and, and the different struggles throughout the years and different occupations that have reflected that. So I'm really excited uh, to learn more and showcase that in our work moving forward, not from a place of authority of like, because I'm Filipino, 
I'm going to share this and I'm the expert, but rather from the perspective of, hey, I'm trying to learn about yeah. this and I want you to learn about learn it with it. me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And like come along for the ride. Yeah. Travel has been a part of what you and Leo do. Like those are some of my favorite videos that you guys have done. And, and I hope more. It sounds like travel will be more a part of like in the next in in this next decade of yes dot 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 but <laughs> um, <laughs> I like is, that. is more it sounds like more travel might also be a part of that oh yeah definitely there there's so many ideas we have and so i really hope that we can get it to a point where other people will be interested and will pick it up and support us financially to make it happen i mean we listen like I could talk to you for actually ever, but I do like I typically episodes are like a half hour. So I'm already going to have to cut some stuff out. I personally love hour long podcasts. Oh, well, Jen, maybe maybe this is going to be an hour. Maybe I'm like starting a new hour long trend. I don't need to be an hour. Yeah, I'll leave that to your discretion. (laughs) As a creative person, I as I've and as I've already mentioned, I admire and respect your this like creative flow in you or it's like a geyser of creativity I just feel like I am in awe so much of your creativity so I'm curious about um kind of like I want to like break that down in a way that I can like feel like I can understand and grasp if you have any like routines around it, like, do you, do you, what are your, uh, yeah. Do you have any creative routines in your life? Well, I wish I had the type of routine that's like, I wake up in the morning and I have my lemon water, which I do. <laughs> okay. I do my little five minute yoga stretch, which I do. I wish I, at, right after that, I would meditate for real every day consistently and then hit my desk with my idea journal and scribble everything that came to mind during my meditation. (laughs) All the genius thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. And then put that list onto a digital list and then fill out these, you know. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Videos and it would just come to light, right? Wouldn't that be the dream? It would be the dream. To do that. It's also like giving me a headache. That, but the reality is, as I'm sure you know, it doesn't go that way. Right. Um, for my own creative uh, routine, so <laughs> uh, how do I say this? So pot has been such a game changer for me Are you in real? the past. <laughs> in the past, I'd say year and a half uh, that I've actually used it for creativity. Right. So I, I, I use it for anxiety and stress and to go to sleep because I, I have insomnia. I can't do it. I yes. have anxiety. I can't I can't go through that. Yeah. And so that's helped with that. But now I'm trying to use it in terms of creativity. And Leo and I will just bounce ideas back and forth. And I think it's because I think they flow easier between us to communicate before we put it on paper is because we've we put down all the walls. There's no barrier between us and our expectations. We lay it out. And oftentimes when I I am high, (laughs) I'm thinking about um, what's happening in the world. What is it I've been craving? What is Mm -hmm. it that 
I wanted to film before, but didn't think was the right time. How could I do that now? And how can I um, make it interesting for myself to one, produce and then watch? Um, And so these ideas we've been doing, I've been having so many creative ideas and writing them down and developing them most of the way. But we haven't filmed a lot of these things because, again, we're taking this time to to do things slow. And so I have two types of creative um, uh, sectors in Just Eat Life. One is the creative stuff that we want to do long term and the creative stuff that I think is 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 interesting, uh, but that we could pump out a little easier mm-hmm. and it's easy to consume and, and it's digestible for right now and easy for us to just me to say, Jen, shut up, <laughs> just stop with the perfectionism and just put it out. And and just doing that alone has allowed more creativity to happen. Oh, because, really? <gasps> yeah, because the pressure of not putting stuff out has given me the idea of, hey, you just got this feedback. Oh, it's fascinating. From, you know, five or 10 people saying this thing that you thought wasn't true. Yeah. And now now I can apply that to the rest of my ideas with other people in mind. Not that I'm only creating for other people, but it really adds value oh, to yeah. what we're making moving forward. So, yeah, that's that's my creative process. Okay. I hope uh, that that makes sense. No, well, yeah, I love it. It is irreplicable like it you know it's it's just very you it's very and that of course that makes sense um <laughs> so when once that all happens um i'm so i'm very into signs i'm very sagittarius i'm very unorganized you know i love that stuff too <laughs> <laughs> so yeah you get it like i'm as for me as a sagittarius i'm very disorganized and i don't um i have a hard time creating structure in my life. So it takes me triple the work to sit down and do it. But I'm always so thankful. I always say, I'm, I love past Jen. I wish I could hug her. Oh. Because I always try to set things up for myself the next day to make it easier for myself the next day, right? That's what oh. pr- productivity, we try to, to make sure we get the, the work done so that later on it's less uh, stressful. So now after I've come up with ideas, I have, I love lists now. Yes. My love of lists. Do you love lists? I love lists. I love crossing things off of lists specifically. Yeah. (laughs) Lists make me so wet. They're like, (laughs) if I see, if I hear a friend saying, oh, so I made a list, I go, tell me more. (laughs) And then what did you do? Did you bullet it or did you number it? (laughs) They're so great. I love lists so much that I'll have the master list of ideas that gets broken down into categories and then those categories each have their own separate list. And so I keep building on that. And so I have all these docs and docs and docs that I can refer to to see, hey, have I thought of this before? And oh, if wow. I did, uh, how was it conceived? And what were what were the uh, the details there? And then I can work on that on a separate list. <laughs> but okay. the key here is trying to get away, not get away, trying to move beyond the lists. Mm. Right. So you can have your list. 
But if you're not putting into action, then what is it for? So that's where my battle is. Gotcha. In creativity. This is amazing. Okay. I know. I love this because my lists are a little more scattered, a little more like post-it notes that then I like lose because I use it as a bookmark in some book that then it goes like under the bed or something. And I, so my lists are a little more all over the place, but I do love making them. I I imagine you would have the most articulate, detailed, like, pile of lists. I feel like you're the most, you're one of the most organized creators I know. Like, you are constantly churning it out. You're giving me too much credit, Jen. (laughs) Well, I'll I'll tell you honestly, it's not that the lists are so organized or anything. And the reason that they're, like, post-it notes that, like, I don't know where they are is because... I like write it down and then I, and this is very Aries of me, Jen. <laughs> I, I, I just like turn around and I do it and I just like do it and I do it. And then it's out there and like, but there are, you know, it's good and bad. Right. So with everything, it's like pros and cons because of what I end up doing is like farting out something that's like <laughs> either not a fully baked idea. Yeah. And I hope you know these are these things you're mentioning are not seen <laughs> by I think the majority of us. <laughs> I, from my perspective, you're you're able you're so motivated and like what you're saying it's yes, you don't it's not that you're not thinking, you're not having a fully thought out plan. It's that you're not scared to just put it out and, and do it. Not instantly, but to, to do it with intent and to do it uh, with speed because it's important for you to keep working, to keep you know your flow. And so I admire you for that. I, I really, actually, I really appreciate that coming from you of all, of all people. Um, and yeah, I'm gonna tell myself that the next time I, <laughs> the next time I'm, I'm hard on myself. Yes, do it. I cannot wait to hear how you keep it quirky. How do you keep it quirky? (laughs) I'm sorry. I miss you saying that so much. (laughs) Wow. For once, I have no answer. Oh, my God. Jen's speechless. Yes, just from that one question. For sure very big one, question. You are for sure one of the quirkiest people I know, and that is <laughs> the biggest compliment, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, so, okay, here's my answer to that. Be <laughs> Okay, my answer to that is be yourself, even if that means exclaiming to the world... <laughs> how proud you are of your log cabins that you drop in the toilet because you had a great fibrous intentional meal and that makes you feel great and positive and motivated and productive for a good day that's how i keep it quirky oh i was really hoping that it would have something to do with like potty humor somehow I don't know about you, but a good shit is everything. And I think that speaks to, and I know it's it sounds bad, but a good shit to me means that I'm thinking about good food. I'm thinking about my well-being so that I can keep doing good things and being myself because it's, you know, the gut is like the brain of the body. 
that sounds weird because we have the brain. You know what I'm saying? What I'm trying, Jen, what I'm trying to say is that when you are good all around, you can focus on the good things. You can focus on enjoying yourself, on being yourself in everything you do. A hundred percent. It makes sense. That should, it totally makes sense. <laughs> God, it's so good. <laughs> on, on that note, Thank you so much for for doing this. Thank you. This is this was really important for me, uh-huh. um, and and made me feel good. It made me feel good to talk to you across the pond about the world, about ourselves in this world, and like uh, again, this just made me even feel more hopeful. I agree a hundred and million percent um and i just love seeing your face thank you for being you and for being you like such a proud baller human and thank you for always supporting me always since day one that we met you're constantly sending me resources you're constantly connecting me with people you're constantly putting me in the radar so thank you thank you thank you i adore you i adore you so much okay so when do we kiss asap (laughs) 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 thank you jen i love you i love you i love you so much Thank you again, Jen. You all can find her on YouTube at Just Eat Life, on Instagram at Jen Eats Life, and there's also the at Just Eat Life account. You know where to find me at QKatie on Instagram, and to follow the podcast, it's at Keep It Quirky Podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already, so that you know whenever a new episode comes out, and of course, rate and review it if you haven't yet. I'm endlessly tickled to see whenever a new five-star rating pops up. Thanks to the musician who wrote and recorded this theme song at Funky BQ, and I'll see you all back here really soon. In the meantime, don't forget to keep it quirky. Thank <laughs> you.